Do you know that the theologian Ice Cube practiced gratitude? Uh, I believe his, his quote from his song is, today's going to be a good day because I didn't have to use my AK. I think that's, <laughs> and that's really, he's just being great, grateful that his day turned out a certain way. So I think, <laughs> Monk, Ice Cube, it's all full circle. Yep. If you're listening to this right now, I'm trying to, <laughs> my heart is not to just laugh so hard. Yeah, it only took us six episodes to get a nice cute reference in one of these. Welcome to the Our Father Stories podcast, where we share stories of ordinary people experiencing the kingdom of God in everyday life. My name is Nate Paragoy, and I'm one of the pastors here at Our Father Lutheran Church in South Denver, where our mission is helping ordinary people know and share extraordinary life in Christ. And I'm joined on this episode, as always, by my good friend and my co-host, Pastor Micah Steiner. How are you doing today, buddy? Well, I'm doing fantastic, Nate. How are you? How am I? Did you mean that? <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little surprised because this is seven episodes and I am always curious about how you're doing, but this may be the first time you've ever asked me how I'm doing. <laughs> What took you so long? Well, Nate, Nate uh, this is actually the first time I've cared. So uh, I think okay. That's our, we've grown. We've grown in our relationship. I appreciate your vulnerability thing. Well, we are excited uh, to have a member of our congregation by the name of Kendra Stewart on our, on our conversation today on the podcast. She's going to share with us how she, in the last several years, has grown professionally, how she went through a, a discovery of finding purpose and meaning in her life, all born out of a lot of pain, born out of a situation where she was weak and where she didn't have it all together. What she learned along the way, really, really great conversation. So we hope that you'll stick around and just not only hear Kendra's story, but also learn what was the catalyst, the engine that drove the transformation that she experienced. So hear that along with a couple of key takeaways after our conversation ends, check it out. My name is Kendra, and I live in Parker with my husband, Nick. We've been married 14 and a half years, I think. Um, and my two boys, uh, Everett, who's eight, and Ellis, who is five. And, oh yeah, we've been members here, I think, for probably about six years. We've been coming for eight. So we used to live right down the street um, off Arapahoe and University and found our father, and then... Two years later, ended up moving to Parker. We tried finding a church out there and then just kept coming back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you dated us for a little bit. Yes. <laughs> and then you said, you know what? Let's make this official. Yes. Let's do it. So tell us, yeah. uh, what do you do for a living? So I have two businesses. Um, I have, I'm an independent consultant with Arbonne International. Um, and then I also do interior design. You were telling me just recently, I was thinking about walking away from kind of what I was doing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, So I started my own interior design business in 2021, um, and it really kind of took off. And I had more business than I could handle at one point during that year. Um, And then towards the end of the year, I was burnt out. I was like done. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to move forward. Um, So that was really at the beginning of last year is when I was, I was struggling. And um, kind of along with that, um, in my Arbonne business, I have a mentor 
who decided um, she and I had been talking and um, we really felt that we needed to start a Bible study. And in the business world, starting a Bible study isn't really um, liked very much or encouraged. Encouraged anything, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right. Um, So very unconventional. And uh, we just, it was pressed on our hearts. And we had done book clubs every I have a book club every Thursday morning with my team that we we do leadership book club books, we do personal growth and development books. I mean, from we've done so many. Um, and so kind of by a leap of faith, we decided to start this Bible study. And usually we have like up to 10 people on a book club. And our first one, we had 16 people. Wow. So putting it out in the business world into our our team and other men and women um, that we were going to do this Bible study, and we had a great turnout. So more than just a regular book club, you gained six. Yep. And I remember having a conversation with her early on in the year, and I just said, I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling with Arbonne. I don't know like what to do or what I'm doing, but for whatever reason, we really felt called to do this. So we started it, and um, it has been life changing for not only me, but, you know, the other women in the, in the Bible, in the study, and then in every part of our lives and every part of our business. Um, Katie is a part of that too. We're talking about our friend Katie. Um, and we have just grown a ton in our spiritual walk because of it. And even some of the women have come to learn and know and accept Christ because of it, Wow! which has just been extraordinary. So So there's non-Christians coming to the Bible study. Yes. Do you have any idea why they, what attracted them to that? I think, um, I think our relationships, um, we have in our group, in our, on our team, we have pretty close relationships and, um, just honestly, I can give all the glory to God because, you know, we just show up and we're doing what we feels called to do and he is moving mountains. So That's awesome. It's really, really, really cool. So I don't know, not to go away from your, your first question about um, the career change or the thought, I want to go back to that. So what was it like asking people who you knew maybe would not respond well to a Bible study? What's going through your heart? Oh, mind? terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty terrifying. I am, I kind of avoid conflict at all costs or used to um, pretty radically and now I'm starting to just trust more and more. Okay, God, like you're, I, I can feel the conviction of this is what we're going to do. And it's literally that leap of faith and trusting hmm. and just praying for those people. And, and, you know, they can also choose not to show up. So for them showing up is a big deal. And Yeah? Yeah. And what did you study at first? What was the content? Like in, your, um, in the Bible study. We did a Jenny Allen um, Bible study. Okay. Uh, I forget the very first one that we did. We're doing one right now that is on the Kings. So this, the label of the book study is um, trustworthy. And then we're going through the lineage of how the Kings started and going through each one and how they, God called them and then they failed and fell and came back and yeah. <laughs> just wrestled with life. So and, real ordinary people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's, truly in so much paralleled with what we're going through today with our, you know, our world and our leadership and our nations. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's cool. 
So I'm hearing you say, Kendra, that like uh, it was a big risk Yeah. that was born out of just some of your own angst and anxiety in the season of life that you're in. Maybe you said this, or maybe I'm just imagining it, maybe reading between the lines. It started something I needed for me, but God brought all these people and it's really also for them in a way I didn't really expect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was definitely a need of mine because I felt lost. I felt like I have these talents and these gifts and these opportunities, but I just felt like I was failing at them and I needed help. And to go back to your question originally, um, I really, there was a moment at the beginning of last year where I, I prayed and I said, I really need mentorship in design like I've had in Arbonne. Um, and God put this person in my life that is also a believer and she's had so much more experience than I've had design wise. Um, and she's owned her own business for years. And so she, I hired her to mentor me and to help me. And through that journey has really helped me, um, love design again and be excited for design. And there's been a lot of opportunities too, um, that have opened up for us really dedicating our jobs and our, and our businesses to God. Like how can you use us with these gifts and these talents for building for the kingdom? Hmm. And because of that, um, there's extraordinary things happening with it. So what's that? Can you give us a good example of that? Like just one quick story. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, last, all last year, my business, my design business struggled. So I, I would have little jobs or things here, things there that I just, you know, would pick up or I would, there would be a lot of interest, but everything would fall through. And so time and time again, I would be like, God, like what is going on? You know, I think I went all summer with no jobs. Hmm. Um, but I also got to stay home with the boys and be a present mom too. So, um, but I was really questioning, like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this where you want me? Is this what I, what I need to do? Um, our family was sick over the week of Thanksgiving and I was really bummed out because I didn't have anything to show for it. Um, and shortly after that, kind of surrendering that, letting that go, um, my now business partner, we're collaborating she had business opportunities open up to where um, we can work together now and partner and to do, we still have separate businesses, which is really cool, but we have a really unique relationship where she kind of brings strengths where I have weaknesses okay. and I bring strengths where she has weaknesses and we are really coming together and designing together on mission, on purpose building for the kingdom, giving back in ways that we can. I mean, ultimately, we would love to design for people that need the help that, you know, are either um, um, referred by somebody, like a family member who needs who needs something done. Yeah, and, or like nonprofits, yeah. things like that. Yep. Yeah. So um, really in a year from just like really struggling to – what I have now, um, together, we just signed my biggest client ever by like crazy amounts. Awesome. Um, and we're doing it together and it's not easy, but 
it's fulfilling and rewarding and we're both doing it for the same purpose of building for the kingdom. Yeah. So. Okay. So Kendra, what I'm hearing you say are two things. One, you were in a humble situation where you had to admit that you needed help. So you ask a mentor to help you out. You put yourself in a position to maybe hear from God a little bit more clearly because you're saying, okay, God, I, I don't have the answers. I'm going to trust that you have the answers and, and you start this Bible study. How did those things then kind of change the trajectory of your thinking, of your, your business practices? Like what changed for you? Um, I think that for the longest time I was trying to do it on my own. And in that humbling experience of realizing that I can't do it on my own, I, I really went to him for that guidance and, and what, what I needed to do. Um, and I'm trying to think back then really, it was like, yeah, it was ask, asking for help. And then, um, I think just being obedient, like doing things that I was kind of scared to do, or I, I was questioning or, um, and, and so much of that journey too was growing and learning. I love to like have, have something come up and then kind of dig at it a little bit. Like, why am I this way? Why, why do I feel this way? Why does that trigger me? Why does, so I kind of dig a little bit. Um, and then, um, there was a lot of growth that happened during that. Do you think that's normal or are maybe, are maybe some people better than others at probing and, and going deeper? Oh yeah. It's terrifying. So yeah. it's definitely not a comfort thing. So what are some of the things that you learned about yourself? You said sometimes I oh, kind of have to dig at it. Pull out my laundry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have a lot. <laughs> so where I was, let's just, for instance, like, um, back when I started, I mean, I was, I had struggled from postpartum depression and anxiety, um, pretty severely. And I also was a people pleaser. I also would shrink to, um, just, I didn't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Um, I would not speak up. I had a hard time talking about my faith, like hard time. Even if somebody said, what'd you do this weekend? I would never say I went to church. (laughs) So um, I was very timid. I had a hard time. I would make friends, but on the inside, I was just screaming for help. I could not, I had no confidence, no self-confidence, no, um, you know, I just kind of put on this facade to like get through, but um, was really struggling for years and years, um, especially with that postpartum depression and anxiety on medication, off medication, try this, try that, go to therapy. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think people need to hear that, that they're not the only ones that are struggling with oh, some yeah. of these things. And, and oftentimes, unfortunately in the church, the church can sometimes be a place where you put on your happy place, happy face and go through. So thank you. But I'm thinking of two verses and this is interesting because God's put this on my heart the last couple of weeks. And the first one is 2 Corinthians 7, where Paul is praying for God to remove something bad in his life. He calls it a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it is, but it says he prayed for it three times. And God's answer is, my grace is sufficient for you. You'll find power in weakness. But what God's real answer was is no. He said no. 
And Paul says, well, he, you know, he, this great, beautiful, spiritual thing that the Holy Spirit does. But think about that. God says no. And I'm thinking about that. Okay, so God is going to say no to some of my prayers that I ask for good things. But then Paul says in Romans 8, 28, that God works out all things for the good of those who love him. So what that means is even in our no's, God is still working at something bigger and better. And so I'm sure that you prayed for some of those things that you mentioned, and it wasn't answered right away. And then through the struggle, God brings you, lifts you up, and, and now you're even stronger and have more faith. And, and I just, I love that that's, a, that's such a neat spiritual thing. And so thank you for sharing that with us. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does. And yeah, I think, that's really good. I think um, through it all, when I look back to where I was and where I am now, it's it's really that relationship with, with God. Like, He was wanting to have a relationship with me, and I think I had a limiting belief that I had to do it all on my own, that I had to figure it out, and that I had to you know, work so hard or make things happen or force it or, you know, and, um, and really he was just wanting a relationship with me and wanting me to seek him more. And I feel like through this, especially this past year, the more that I've seeked him and the more that I spend time in the word and the more that I pray and the more that I go to him with my issues, the more he is showing up and doing things in my life that are total God things mm. <laughs> that I cannot take any credit for, um, which in which is some of those things like meeting my my um, mentor and um, some of the jobs we're getting and the people that we're influencing and yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So Kendra, you and I spoke recently. A random conversation and all of a sudden we start talking about social media which is oh, yes. just my thorn in my flesh is social media everybody else's social media and you share with me that you you ha had took some time off and that you were reevaluating your relationship with social media would you mind sharing how that's all connected with with this conversation yeah so it's interesting um social media has been a big part of my life for a really 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 long time i mean Total another story, but my husband and I kind of reconnected on social media. So back. Okay, years so there's ago. one good thing that's happened <laughs> in the ten years. So there's of, lots of good, and I'm not I'm not um, disregarding that. It's it is a good thing. Um, so I've I've been on social media forever, and um, just the past few years, I've really struggled with it. I've struggled with the comparison. I've struggled with um, just keeping up with the Joneses and keeping up with, you know, people that I don't see all the time, which is a good thing too. But, um, so I kind of came to this realization a few months ago that, um, I, I had this lie that I was believing this limiting belief that I had to have social media for my business businesses. And, um, God has really pressed it on my heart that I do not need it <laughs> and that there are other ways to grow, um, a business. But I think for me, the biggest thing is, um, I have really needed to lay it down and not do it so that I can pursue a deeper relationship with God. And how, how, I think that's the question is how does it interfere? 
like in your own, per we can't talk about everybody else's experience, but, but for you, what was maybe, what was that limiting thing that was preventing or hurting the relationship? So I think it's, for me, it's a huge distraction. Um, it takes my focus away constantly from family, from work, from, and, and really that quiet time. I think, you know, I, I was really big with preparing posts and making sure I do all the, all the things, all the, the reels and the, um, stories and, you know, just keeping up with all of it. Yeah. And I think I had that in my head of like, I have to do this in order to keep up business and in, in order to tell people what I'm doing and show people my work and which is a great tool, but I think it was so distracting for me personally. I was so consumed by it and it took so much time and energy and effort out of me to keep up with it. And I think also something that I realized over Thanksgiving break, just this past recent Thanksgiving break is um, it's, a, it's so much of a show. It's so much, it's the highlight reel. It's the, you know, I have to show everybody what I'm doing and that I'm thriving and that I'm doing great and that my business is booming and that this and that and this, you know, and it just is consuming. Yeah. And so I, I felt like I couldn't have, uh, I didn't have the capacity or the time to build that relationship with God. I was talking with a friend just briefly the other day and she was like, yeah, my son, he's 12, 12 and he has a phone. And we were talking about social media and just how like disruptive it's been for both of us. She's off it too. And, um, I said, yeah, it's like you see one friend who's going to Hawaii and another friend who's going to the desert and another friend who's in Europe. And it's like, you feel like you have to do all those things all at the same time right now but you're sitting in the mountains in Colorado. Like, Oh my gosh. You know, yeah. it, it's so, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't need to feel that way all the time anyway. And cause somebody's looking at you going, Oh man, she's in the mountains. I need to go to the mountains in Colorado. And they're sitting in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it just, it's, you know, gratitude is a really powerful thing and to be grateful for what you have and where you're at and what you're doing and then I've been lear learning a lot about stewardship and stewarding what you are given. And I feel like social media for me just wipes all that away. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a gratitude practice? I do. Can I hear about yeah. it? Because I have one too. Yes. Oh, yeah. you do? Uh -huh. um, are we getting into Brene Brown here? But, but <laughs> Brene, what's her name? You're this girl that you... I'd like, I'd, like, I'd like to let all of our listeners know that Brene Brown receives no financial... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And nor were we compensated by Arbon. What do you do? Yes. Um, so I do. I early on in my Arbon business, I read The Miracle Morning um, by Hal Elrod. And um, I've kind of tweaked it since then to have more of a spiritual practice. But the whole idea is you wake up earlier so that you can have quiet time and prepare your day before your day starts officially. So, um, you know, you start small and then you can work your way up. So I'm a 5.30 um, wake up person in the morning. And uh, I do, um, I listen to a devotional immediately when I get out of bed, um, brush my teeth, wash my face, get dressed, simple things, make my tea. Um, 
and then I will do a my my written devotional and my Bible study. Um, I will do a written prayer sometimes, um, depending on what's on my heart, what's going on for the day. I'll write it out like, God, <laughs> this is the situation. I need your help. Like, please help. Um, ask for anything that I need. Just kind of spend that time with him. And then um, I will read. I have a leadership book that we're doing right now for book club, so I'll read a little bit of that. Um, it wants, they say exercise is really good in the morning yeah, <laughs> to it, just get your heart pumping a little bit. So I'm not super great at it all the time. Um, but I will do like, you know, a couple jumping jacks or sit-ups or yoga or something just small and simple. Um, and then I think that's pretty much it. So, oh, and then gratitudes. Mm -hmm. I'll write out, I have a gratitude journal that I write out gratitudes. I also do, um, in, in Arbonne, they're really big on I am affirmations. So like just kind of pumping yourself up a little bit and helping. I've kind of altered those because I struggled with them because I, you know, I am strong. I am brave. Like some of those can get a little. You're like, well, I, I'm not really I'm strong like, I'm or not brave. Str like, I'm not strong. I'm not brave. I'm I am it. dependent on God. So so I actually write them out. I believe I am a daughter of Christ. I believe I am have strength because through Christ, like kind of making them more spiritual and more more God-centered and focused rather than me-centered and focused. So that's been that miracle. I call it the miracle morning has really transformed me and helped me transform over the years for sure. Wow. Yeah. Do you know who was a morning person? Jesus. Oh, yes. <laughs> he got up all the time. In the, so this guy, yeah. whatever and his he, name he is. And he would go pray. And yeah, spend, exactly. Yeah. And, and he probably walked there because, you know. And it's so, it's actually fascinating. Meal. When Yeah, when you can get there, because I, I struggled for a really long time for sure. But like there's something about like the quiet morning, nobody's up yet. The world is still asleep. You know, it's just yeah. kind of. It's peaceful and it's quiet and you can actually hear if you're open and willing and listening like to God's wisdom and to him talking to you. So, yeah. That reminds me of a, something that I, there's this monk who I've heard other people quote in different places, but I think is really good. You said monk? A monk. Okay. A yeah. Monk. Brother David Steindl Rast. Brother David Steindl Rast. He says something to the effect of, it's not... Um, Happy people that are grateful. This is like, it's not an accident. It's grateful people that are happy. The practice, the active practice, I mean, there's that word in there within the word practice. Now that I think about it, uh, how similar those words are. But the being proactive about recognizing the things that we ought to be thankful for, the good gifts God has put in our lives, makes us happy yeah. rather than just accidentally being, oh, well, I'm happy today. Well, why is that? Do you know that yeah. the theologian Ice Cube practiced gratitude? Uh, I believe his, his quote from his song is, today is going to be a good day because I didn't have to use my AK. I think that's, <laughs> and that's really, he's just being great, grateful that his day turned out a certain way. So I think, <laughs> Mom, Ice Cube, it's all full circle. Yeah. If you're listening to this right now, I'm trying to, my heart is not to just laugh so hard. Oh my oh, goodness. Wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it well, only took us six episodes to get a nice cube yeah, reference yeah, in yeah. one of these. 
I'm really glad to hear that because I am fascinated by, um, you know, people's morning routine as I've been cultivating my own over the last couple of years. And so if you're listening to this right now, maybe you're a morning person, maybe you're not, whether it's morning or evening, a couple things, maybe if you want to order off the menu, a la carte, I'm hearing you say time alone, um, quiet space where you can read scripture, where you can pray, uh, where you can actively work out that scripture, whether that's writing or using some sort of guided you know, uh, meditation or prayer journal or gratitude journal, that some of those things, it's not just an accident, but making space, setting a stone, as we've said um, in other places around here, really, really helps and has been really transformational for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell when I don't have that morning and I sleep in or, you know, take that time, it throws off my whole day. And I can tell I'm, I'm calmer with the kids. I'm, I'm more prepared and ready for, you know, difficult situations or it, it just changes my whole mindset. So it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kendra, we really enjoyed having you and thank you so much for coming and being a part of this conversation. And something we've done with a lot of our guests has asked this question now that you've thought about these last couple of years and the change that God's done in your heart, some things you've experienced what is something you would tell either a younger version of yourself or maybe a, a young woman or young man coming into a similar situation 10 years from now? How would you, what advice would you give them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that comes to mind just thinking through we were, what we were talking about and over the several years in this journey that I've been on is that just that belief that I had about that I have to do everything on my own, that I'm, that I'm on my own, that I'm alone, that I have to, um, you know, hustle and ha have these things that I want that I think I need that, um, that I have to do it. And really it's not, it's seek first him, like seek God first and put him in everything, in every little detail um, not just, you know, on Sundays and not just in the big things, but really in every little space and every crevice of life and asking for help from, from the one who actually can help. Yeah. And Jesus says, uh, the person who does that is like a, a, a builder who builds the house on the rock, uh, instead of shifting sand and that, uh, Matthew Seven, I'm going to guess. It's the end of the Beatitudes. I know that. Maybe Ice Cube knows. Maybe. <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm Google it. I'm going to search it up. I'm going to ask Ice Cube. Well, Kendra, thank you so much. Uh, great conversation. Thanks for sharing with us and uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. This was great. Man, I really enjoyed this conversation, Nate, with Kendra. Uh, so honest and she was so open and also very helpful. And what I said to you just a few minutes ago before we hit record, it is just striking to me how every single one of our guests can A, very freely and humbly admit a point of weakness in their life where they submitted to God through simple, ordinary things like reading Bible, reading their Bibles, being in prayer, being in worship, uh, having spiritual conversations with friends or pastors or mentors. God worked on their heart, changed them, 
broke them of whatever it was that they were struggling with, and they come out of it a new person. And I have said many times in the outro, hey, uh, isn't it weird mm. just these ordinary things like reading the Bible? <laughs> but, and it's tongue-in-cheek, but I don't know how else to say it. We've seen it here in these conversations that this is changing people's lives. So if you don't have a rhythm of regular Bible study or devotion or Christian friends you can talk to or being regular in worship, how else can I say it but lovingly and nicely? Like, give that a shot. Yeah, I, I just tried the um, Bible in One Year app, which is so cool. Guided, uh, like, little commentary, three readings a day. It, you can listen to it. You don't have to read it. Um, but if you're looking for something and a place you want to start, mm-hmm. uh, that's a good place. Bible in One Year app is the newest one I just came across. Yeah, so good. Uh, what about you? What's your takeaway? Uh, I really was... Leaning in, mm-hmm. hey, you love that phrase. I mm, love it. Uh, when we were talking about morning rhythms, and uh, I mean, the question started with, "What uh, do you have a gratitude practice?" And she yeah. said, "Yeah." Um, and by the way, I can't attest you were leaning in literally. Uh, you were like geeking out over there. Oh, tell me, tell me about your rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> what did you like about it? What was? Um, I think. Uh, I, I can relate to it because for me, uh, what I like to do is something very similar. Um, actually, for me, it's kind of in reverse. It's get up and exercise, then get my kids going after I get back from the gym. And then I have this little window between when our kids leave for school. It's staggered. Um, and so I'll use that space because I'm already up. I've already done my stuff. And then um, while Jude's watching cartoons for a little bit, I'll... Uh, read a little bit of scripture right now. I'm just doing one psalm a day, just really, really slow and making notes in the margin, what jumps out at me. And then um, each morning I'll make just a list of things that are going well from the last 24 hours or didn't go so well. If it went well, I'll put an up arrow next to it and one line. And then if it didn't go well, put a down arrow. Then I'll add those up like it was a plus six, you know, hmm. or kind of get a cumulative score. And that just helps me connect to the way that I'm feeling, what else is going on. It's not just content, but um, kind of how my morning is on an emotional level as I think back over the, the things I'm carrying into my day. It helps me leave them there on the page so I can start each day with a new start. That's kind of my rhythm right now. How about you? Uh, first of all, I did just see a study from Harvard University uh, that says if you work out first thing in the morning, you it actually releases these things that allows you to experience joy throughout the day. Get That's, out of town. It's a fact. Early, I, early morning workout people are happier. You got to send that to me. I, I will send it. Look. Well, I heard it on the radio. I just went from Harvard, <laughs> so it must be good. Uh, my routine. <laughs> How do you like the meffles? The <laughs> hey, good reference. Goodwill hunting. Uh, my routine is I'm a coffee person. I think Kendra said she was tea. I don't know how that works. Uh, is there caffeine in tea? It's a letter of the alphabet. Uh, okay. It comes after S. Well, give me caffeine with a capital C, and then I, I have a new devotional I'm working through by a guy named Bob Roglin, I think is how you say his name. He's like an amateur archaeologist, and he's been to the Holy Land, all these different... And so he's adding like these archaeological things into the study of God's Word. I've just been slowly going through the book of Matthew 15 days, and I think we just got through the Beatitudes. That's uh, chapter 6 or Chapter seven. Si- 5 through 7, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, I just was there, so I can check you on that. Half a chapter a day. And uh, I, do, I do a prayer journal sometimes. I don't, I don't, I have, I've got, I have no, like, this is going to drive you nuts, 
routine. Um, I do it I for, prefer to call it a rhythm. Well, okay. Uh, you, you call it what it is. Uh, I don't have pluses or minus or check marks next to it, but I do know I need to be in God's word. And I do know I'm working this year on, on my prayer life. I want that to be a little bit more richer, uh, vibrant, uh, something that kind of maybe fell off my rhythm in the past couple of months. So that's what I'm working on. That's great. Yeah. So for you, uh, takeaway was noticing the by and large to a T, if Ooh. you will. All of our guests uh, have been in a place of growth because they're connected to God's word. Mm -hmm. And then we talked about kind of takeaways about kind of what our morning rhythms look like. Yeah. yeah. And I think I want to close on this. The, the verse that I was referencing in the podcast is Matthew 7, where Jesus says, Everyone who hears these words of mine does, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And of course, then he uses the negative, the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And that, I think, is, is what keeps coming up time and time again. So I want to encourage everybody, get yourself a rhythm, get yourself a, a routine, open up that Bible, spend some time in prayer, not because your pastor is pointing your, his finger at you, but because we've seen fruit that it makes a big difference in your life. We just rattled off a list, but if you're connected to Our Father and you're listening to this, we would love to have lunch with you, either one of us, uh, to take you out for coffee and just talk through uh, this, maybe on a more personal level, mm -hmm. how you can develop a rhythm of your own and uh, experience God and His Word in everyday life. Because that's what this podcast is all about, Micah Steiner. Helping ordinary people. Know and share extraordinary life in Christ. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.